gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Alone podcast, the only podcast brought to you by a wheel. I, did I say that right? Brought to you, yeah, okay. I am your host, Adam, and with me, my co-host, co-founder, co-discord participant, and co-podcaster, Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. On the road, out here talking to some big time. uh, On location from Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca hut, correct? I actually am. I'm making a lot of business deals for Town Alone, getting us some big sponsors like um, Swatch. I don't know. Swatch. <laughs> well, I do want to point out that today is not our typical recording day uh, due to uh, just life stuff. We're recording on a Friday instead of our typical Sunday recording. Uh, and thus, it is going to be a Friday feeling kind of episode. Hence, <laughs> do we have a soundboard now? I've always had a soundboard. I just don't use it very often. Oh, For instance, damn. I also have, I have this one. I don't know if this one will show up on the recording, and I'm not going to add it in, but I have a Mike Green one. I mean, I heard it, so I imagine it's on the recording. So, Mike, uh, we're in the doldrums of summer, the dog day afternoons, whatever turn of phrase you prefer to use for the time period between the end of the Stanley Cup final and the beginning of the NFL preseason. So... Usually, we'd be a little wheel-heavy, but we do have a few things to get through today before we get there. First off, uh, wanted to get your opinion. Um, We had the Alex DeBrinkett trade that just happened that I... Oh, fuck, I didn't have that note up. So the Alex DeBrinkett trade happened. Uh, Just to run through it here real quick, Alex DeBrinkett was traded to the Detroit Red Wings... For Dominic Kubelik, Donovan Sabrongo, I could never get a good pronunciation on him by Googling it, a conditional 2024 first and a 2024 fourth to Ottawa. Uh, Debrinkit then turned around and got a four-year 7.875 million AAV contract for a total of $31.5 million. Mike, what are your initial thoughts on the Debrinkit trade? Um, Good deal for Detroit. Not the greatest return for Ottawa, but I don't feel like they had a lot of leverage in the situation. Also, not a good look to swing for him and then a year later have to move him. So, I think Ottawa's the clear loser in the situation. Hey, did you talk to that guy who two weeks ago you mentioned who was like, rebuild's over. It's it's Senator time, baby. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the rebuild's constantly over. See, that's the thing. If the rebuild's always over, you can never get fired because it's your first year post-rebuild. Uh, I will say that on July 8th, 2022, the Senators traded a first and second round pick in the 2022 draft and a third round pick to Chicago for Debrinket. So it does feel like they came out on the worst side of things here. Would you agree? Yeah, like that's a Brango dude I looked into and he's not like some hot prospect that I just hadn't heard of. No offense. Yeah, he's um, no Devon Levy. Yeah, exactly. Levi. <laughs> mm, I, you know, heard it both ways. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't really get a lot. But, yeah, like I said, I definitely got the sense that it was like he's not going to – like any deal we sign him to as an RFA is going to be short-term just so he can walk as soon as possible. So we just got to move on now. 
his numbers did did drop this season, but I don't that Ottawa team's not good. So yeah. what was he playing on their second line mainly? I believe so. Yeah, so he wasn't even playing with uh, Stutzla. Yeah, it just it wasn't a fit. It was like they got this good player and they tried to put the, the puzzle piece in and it wasn't working. So we don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, we can't kill twenty minutes talking about an Alex Debrinket trade. So it's not its own segment, but I did want to get your opinion on this. Mike, are you familiar with the Dynasty Football website, Keep Trade Cut? Yes. So I wanted to give you three teams, and you tell me, based off the Debrinket outcomes, who you keep, who you trade, and who you cut. So we have the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Purely based off of the Debrinket packages they either gave up, got, or gave up again later. What would you, who, who would you give a keep, a trade, and a cut to? I would keep Chicago, trade Detroit, and cut Ottawa. I'm realizing now that instead of doing keep, trade, cut, I could have just done Mary fuck, kill since we did that like two weeks ago. But, you know, same general idea. Keep, trade, cut's basically the PG version. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mike. So that's all I really have on the Debrinket trade. Did you have any last thoughts you wanted to run through here? Yeah, I'm going to throw a wild card in here as not on the rundown. But oh, Jesus, Greg, uh, real quick, Greg uh, Wyshynski of ESPN spoke to Patrick Kane's agent who clarified that he's focusing on recovery right now. And it sounds like he's most likely going to wait and see how like the first couple months of the season goes before he signs trying to find a contender. So, I just want to get your guess on a couple of the teams you think that could be. Uh, Toronto. Okay. Uh, I th- think that there's – I don't know what their cap situation looks like, so it's a little hard for me to say, but I do think there's an outside chance he signs a basement deal and goes back to New York. Ooh, then who's another team? You know who so, likes to bring in veterans? Tampa well, Bay. I mean, the Avs are going to have space once they put Landis Gog officially on LTIR. Did you see that the Bulls got a $10.2 million exception because Lonzo Ball is not going to play basketball this year? I did not. Wow. Yeah, that's that's good money. I mean, that's near mid-level guy. That's I mean, that's like you could pay a starter that much. Yeah. Or here's an interesting one. If you say like Ekblad doesn't start the season, he goes on LTIR. Not sure what. Kachuk situation is so they could have cap space the Panthers grab Patty Kane I gotta be honest with you Patty Kane doesn't do all that much for me anymore you're not American (laughs) I've literally never watched Olympic hockey so I guess that's part of the reason why but like I'm I care more about where Tarasenko ends up than where Patty Kane ends up because I think Tarasenko is more of a contributor right now like Putting Patty Kane on the Panthers doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I guess you haven't you didn't watch as much of Patrick Kane when he was like at the peak of his powers. No, he just seems like tall. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ, who's the guy on Columbus? Uh, Johnny Gaudreau. Thank you. I kept wanting to call him Johnny Gargano. Oh that is such an insult. But that was my uh, wild card segment of the week. Throwing it in there. Your wild card segment. Yeah, uh, I guess the most fun would be if he goes back to Chicago or goes to Buffalo. Hell yeah. I mean, Buffalo's going to be a contender after two months, and we're probably going to be undefeated, so. 
I can see him going there. <laughs> yeah. Undefeated with a goal differential of plus 95. Probably. Devin Levi doesn't let in a single goal for two months straight. Yeah. <laughs> Wins the Vesna in January. It's happening. All right, Mike, you had one more thing here. You had quick hits on the ESPYs. Uh, let me uh, let me hear your ESPYs rant here. Okay, so I want to, like, just Hold say. On, let me take a seat. Okay. <laughs> this isn't really a rant, but, and, like, the Jimmy V thing's cool, you know, obviously. And that, like, legendary speech he gave when he was going through cancer and all that. But I just got to say, as a whole, I don't give a shit about the ESPYs. Does anybody care about the ESPYs? They're the Golden Globes, right? It's like. These, these are the awards you don't care about, but for some reason, people talk about it. Like, I don't know if anyone watches the ESPYs, but somehow everyone knows who wins the ESPYs. Yeah, it's just weird. To me, it feels like if, like, I'm trying to think of, like, if HBO or, like, another big, like, media giant decided to do their form of the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like if NBC had... uh the emmys like nbc was giving out awards for best tv show yeah like i feel like i'd be more impressed if i went to your house and you had a razzie sitting on the shelf than you did an espy yeah because like <laughs> a horse won an espy once and i don't give a shit about what a horse does yeah exactly you can't give american pharaoh an espy and expect me to care about that award ever again yeah and maybe part of this rant just Although, came from i will say if they gave american pharaoh a stanley cup i kind of want to see what happens Maybe part of this rant was inspired because, like, I was just sitting around and I threw on, like, ESPN the other day when NFL Live was on. And they, like, while on NFL Live, they presented the SB for, like, Football Player of the Year. And it was, like, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Like, can we not? So, maybe that's part of the reason this anger happened. <laughs> yeah. But it's also weird because it's, like, months after other sports are done, they're giving out SBs, And you're like, oh, yeah. Like, that happened. That's right. I don't give a shit. I'll also say in ESPN's defense... Uh, the leagues also give out their own awards way too goddamn late. That is I totally don't care. True. I don't care who wins MVP by the time the Super Bowl is happening. Tell me MVP before the wild card round, or it means nothing to me. Don't do the Pro Bowl, or kind of like as a meet in the middle. Don't do the Pro Bowl the week before the Super Bowl. That's when you can do your award show. No, because that's still too late. I don't like do it when the regular season just ended. You know, this year it was Patrick Mahomes won MVP and won the Super Bowl. So that mattered, right? But some years it's like, uh, Aaron Rodgers won MVP and he hasn't played in four weeks. Like it, it doesn't, I don't care anymore. Or Embiid winning MVP this year right before he got eliminated. Right. Or like Allmark winning the Vesna after he blew up in the first after, round. After he was out of the playoffs, he won the Vesna. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Hold your regular season award shows during the regular season. What are you tallying votes? They can get you the president in two weeks. Or that could be like a cool kind of like kickoff to the playoffs. Yeah. Opening yeah. night of the playoffs before the first game. Have the fucking commissioner down. Have a ceremony. Give out all the awards to everyone. And then like they do with the championship rings in the NBA. Just wait for the person to get their trophy or whatever. Until they're playing in a place that's convenient for you to get them the trophy. Or what if they did a thing where, like, they don't tell people who won them, right? It makes people want to watch the first-round games because randomly during one of the games, like, lights will start flashing and alarms will start going off and Gary Bettman will, like, propel down from the ceiling and be like, congratulations, so-and-so who's on the ice right now. You just won the 
I don't know, the Jim Caldwell Naismith Award for best beard. What if it has to happen after someone has a highlight play? So everyone's just yeah. waiting with bated breaths to see if, like, Kale McCarr won the Norris. But Kale McCarr's having, like, a slump in the playoffs, and so he hasn't had the opportunity yet to do it. And then finally, like, he breaks through at his own blue line, goes, like, nearly 200 feet and buries the puck, and then all the lights shut off and Bettman descends like Sting. And it could be even better because then, like, someone could have a highlight play who has a chance to win it, and the entire crowd would just, like, pause. But no Bettman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like this idea. I think we can run with it. But at this yeah. point, we've been talking about awards. Uh, we've been complaining about how people talk about awards too late yeah. for too long, and it's too late. So let's uh, let's move on to some hard-hitting topics, some real journalism, Mike. Okay. So how about the Knicks? I bet him. Trying to trade Evan Fournier. Yeah. Just don't Google his last name. Uh, so we are entering in to the week that the Commanders are supposed to be sold to Josh Harris, the owner of the 76ers. The vote's supposedly going to happen at the July 20th meeting, and it looks like that'll be when the sale is finalized, thus ending arguably the worst tenure of sports ownership in NFL history. Oh, God, I Googled his last name. Sorry. (laughs) I told you not to. I had to know why you said that. Go ahead. (laughs) That's like the whole don't Google a horse's hooves when they're born thing. I'm not doing that one. Okay. Just just seeing if I can get you to Google other gross stuff. Uh. (laughs) Mike, do you want to tell people? No, don't, don't, you know, let's not go into that. (laughs) Speaking of gross stuff, back to Dan Schneider. So ending arguably the worst tenure of sports ownership in NFL history, uh, Dan Snyder, who bought the team in May of 1999, is no longer going to be the owner of the Washington Commanders, uh, which is their third team name under that, that particular owner. For those uninformed, I am a lifelong Commanders fan. The first quarterback I watched with that team was Jason Campbell in his rookie season, and I don't think that I have missed more than one regular season game. Well, I guess that means any game. I don't think I've missed more than one game at a time since then. You know, occasionally I would have to miss a game here or there, but I am pretty sure that I have only, I've never missed consecutive games in the history of my time watching since Jason Campbell's rookie season. We went from having the longest sellout streak in the NFL to this season having the worst revenue of any team. It is a good fan base in D.C., but they haven't cared about that team in years because they've been surpassed by the Nats. They've been surpassed by Ovechkin and the uh, Capitals. And arguably, John Wall was a more popular athlete than anyone on the Commanders for the last 10 years or so. So we're talking about removing a horrible owner for anyone is an improvement. But I wanted to go through and talk about Dan Snyder before we look to the future. Let's talk some Dan Snyder there, Mike. I got I got some some things here about Dan Snyder's tenure. First, I do want to give context to how bad this person was and the Bond villain-esque things he did. Now, there's the the obvious ones that people know about and are not entertained in any way and are just gross, such as how Snyder was forced to step down as... O- day-to-day owner of the team during the Beth Wilkinson probe 
showed his culture of bullying and sexual harassment that was widespread and around the franchise for a exceedingly long period of time. Now, this included some instances of Snyder paying off people who had supposedly either been harassed or had sexual interactions with him. Uh, it also included, very famously, that he went to the team's videographer and requested lewd footage of a cheerleader photo shoot. So I do want to talk about that because we can't talk about Dan Snyder without talking about the worst before we get to his weird, Bond villainy, just almost like main character of an HBO drama bullshit. So some of the other controversies that have happened in Dan Snyder's time is recently he intentionally underreported season ticket sales to pay a lower visiting team fee. In the investigation for that, it was revealed that he had two ledgers, one that he was submitting to the NFL and the other one that showed that he was intentionally saying that he was selling less season tickets so that he wouldn't have to pay as much money into that fund. Another part of that investigation revealed that he had $55 million in bank fraud when he sought a line of credit to buy out minority owners on the team without seeking approval or without the knowledge of the board of directors. That investigation is still in progress, and supposedly that's what's been holding up the Josh Harris sale because Snyder wants indemnity from that, and the NFL does not want to give him indemnity from that. There is also evidence that Dan Snyder hired a private investigator to get dirt on the other owners to blackmail them away from making him sell the team, which just... Man, you're rich. Why are you spending this much time being concerned about shit? Just don't be evil. And then one of my personal favorite controversies about Dan Snyder is that Dan Snyder paid $10,000 to have old growth trees removed from his lawn. Now, if you don't know what old growth trees are, those are trees like the redwoods that have grown for such a long period of time that they have unique and unreplicable habitats and ecosystems in them you're able to find out things about tens of thousands of years ago by studying old growth trees dan snyder paid ten thousand to get a bunch of them removed from his yard so that he could moderately see the potomac river better and supposedly it added 10 percent resale value to his 10 million dollar home in maryland that is some like villain in a disney movie bullshit I was reading an article, and it was like this is an ESPN article that like timelined the controversial and tumultuous Dan Schneider era, and there were some things that like I either had never heard of or I forgot about that were just like like him suing season ticket holders who were trying to like break their term early, um, made millions like off like that lawsuit. Uh, you know there was. One thing I never heard of was when they traded for Santana Moss, the player they sent back to New York, his name escapes me now, his last name was Cole, and he alleged that Snyder sent him a like widescreen television and said that he thought he would be better off uh, watching the games on there than actually playing in them. <laughs> um, there's also a really cringy story about how like early on in his tenure, I think it was like his first season as owner, where he told the defensive coordinator um, that he didn't like a vanilla defense. 
And then at some point during the season, he like sent like a large tub of like some kind of Ben and Jerry flavor and like had it sent to his desk and said like, this is what I like, not vanilla. Like the dude is just like weird and like an asshole. There's a story that circulates around Twitter every once in a while where a sports journalist in Maryland, his child went to school with Dan Snyder's daughter and Dan Snyder's daughter and his kid got along, and so they would have playdates. And any time that they would have a playdate over at Dan Snyder's house, whenever this guy would go to pick up his kid, he would greet Dan Snyder. He'd say, hey, Dan, how are you going? And Dan Snyder's first thing he would say is, it's Mr. Snyder. You're a douche. What a douche. Fuck Dan Snyder. And out of this, he's getting $7 billion. So it's not like he's making out poor. He has... One of the biggest yachts in the world. Fuck this guy, man. Mm-hmm. Well, now that I think we've sufficiently covered that Dan Snyder is a piece of shit with slick back hair and sloppy steaks and whiteboard shorts, chicken parma chicolinis. Am I missing anything there, Mike? I feel like there's always, like, if you look back at bad ownership, like, outside of the illegal, terrible things he did when you look back at him as just like being a bad owner, there's always like a move he made, like when the first couple or few seasons where you can be like, Oh, that should have been like, we saw where this was going. Yeah. It was, it wasn't the first few seasons, but the Albert Hainsworth contract was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Um, Traded uh, Clinton Portis mm -hmm. or traded for Clinton Portis, which Clinton Portis is a folk hero now, but they traded champ Bailey and uh, like second or third round pick for Clinton Portis. Or in one of the first few seasons when you guys had Marty Schottenheimer, he finished the season eight and eight, but he won like eight of like the last eleven games, and then Schneider still fired him. Yeah, I think <laughs> things like that. We were like, I don't think that was the right, probably the right move there, bud. He also interviewed Sean McDermott prior to deciding on Jay Gruden. Well, you know, maybe that wasn't such a bad idea, seeing as how Sean McDermott can't seem to make it to the Super Bowl. Settle down. So, speaking of how bad Dan Snyder was as a football owner, I want to go through things compared to playoff wins under Dan Snyder. Sound like a fun game to you, Mike? Things compared to playoff wins? Yep. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you things compared to playoff wins that have happened by the commanders in their various names under the Dan Snyder ownership. There was only two of them, so, all right. Uh, you're overestimating. Uh, <clears throat> first off, Mike, th- can you guess how many teams have won more Super Bowls than the Commanders have won playoff games in the Dan Snyder era? Um, Patriots, Chiefs, for sure. Uh, Snyder's first year was 2000, right? Yeah. So yeah. we'll say. Bought it in May 5th, 99. Okay, so we'll say Patriots, Chiefs, Ravens. It's probably what I'm forgetting. I'm going to say four. Six. Six teams have won more Super Bowls in the Dan Snyder era than the Commanders have won playoff games. Here are the six in order of Super Bowl wins. Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, Buccaneers, Giants, and Ravens have all won more Super Bowls than the Commanders have won playoff games. I should have remembered the Giants and the Steelers. The Buccaneers one, that's a tricky one. Yeah, because that's 2001 and recently. Here's another one. Here are things the Commanders have had more of 
than playoff wins. Rookies of the year. More rookies of the year than playoff wins. They have had more former Eagles starting quarterbacks than playoff wins. And they have had more number two overall picks. Not number one overall picks. Number two overall picks than wins. So those are just a few things that the Commanders have accomplished more times than they have winning playoff games under the Dan Snyder era. Who are the former Eagles quarterbacks outside of McNabb? Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. Forgot. That's right. <laughs> I thought you were going to get Carson Wentz and forget McNabb. No, everybody remembers McNabb. <clears throat> there have been four times as many presidents during the Dan Snyder era than there have been playoff wins. There have been three times as many live-action Spider-Men as playoff wins. That's not movies. That's just the amount of people who have played Spider-Man. And there has been an exact tie between... Commanders playoff wins and worldwide pandemics. And that is my list of things compared to playoff wins under Dan Snyder. You guys only had one playoff win? I don't know why I thought it was two. Yeah, just one. <laughs> That's upsetting. That was that might have been yeah, that was when Jason Campbell was still the quarterback. Yeah. I'll never forgive Dan Schneider for the people he put in charge who ruined. I still maintain that RG3 could have had a very good NFL career. Yeah, I think that uh, given where things went, he could have had a good like seven, eight year run before the NFL really caught up to him on like game speed and end. I mean, and there's no way to tell how he would have evolved as a player, but I definitely think that he could have had a good seven, eight years before it got to the point where <clears throat> the NFL was on pace with him, especially given the play callers we had in the building at the time. Mm -hmm. But I can't blame Dan Snyder for that as much as I have to blame Mike Shanahan. Oh yeah, like Mike Shanahan and company. But I mean, Snyder put them in charge. So I think he shares part of the blame. Yeah, but that's, you know, the same thing you could say where the Pagulas uh, share some blame for the fact that Sean McDermott can't win past the divisional round. We've made it to the conference. Oh, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? I know I'm getting off topic here. Did you see the Paul Reed offer sheet that the Jazz s signed him to that Philly could have matched? Did you see some of the conditions on that? No. One of the conditions was that the his pay went up by like 40 or 50% as an incentive if the Jazz won uh, or made it to the second round of the playoffs in the 23-24 season. And the reason they did that is because then if Philly signed him, they were probably going to have to pay him that extra money. So they thought it was a good way to not have to pay Reed, but to still get him. Hmm. And the extra funny part that I saw pointed out is that they didn't say make it to the conference finals. They very specifically said made it to the second round because they know that that way if Philly signs him, they'll have to pay him because they have been in the second round like four of the last five years and haven't made it out. Yeah, so they said to make it to the second round. Yeah, I don't even and know what happened with that offer sheet. I just thought that was a really funny incentive to put in to try to keep yes. him away from Philly or screw Philly if they re-signed him. That's very clever. Sorry, I, I know we're we're in the, the Dan Snyder talk, but 
that definitely came to mind. No, I get the connection because Reed, you guys signed Andre Reed way back in the day. So. Oh, I thought you were going to go Jordan Reed, the tight end. Man, if he could have uh, stayed healthy. Talk about a pipeline of excellence. We had Kyle Shanahan, Jordan Reed, and Trent Williams mm-hmm. and couldn't win a playoff game. They go to the 49ers and they're like Super Bowl contenders. I mean, Jordan Reed barely plays because he's hurt. Might not even be in the league anymore. But we had Kyle Shanahan and Trent Williams, arguably the best play caller in the league and arguably the best left tackle in the league. And as soon as they go somewhere else, they're like, yeah, we don't even need a quarterback. Who cares? You guys had Santana Moss, Chris Cooley, Clinton Portis, and Hall of Fame coach Joe Gibbs. Don't forget Antoine Randall-L. Yeah, <laughs> you had all that going for you. That's crazy. We had Sean McVay calling plays for Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, and Alfred Morris at one point, too. And Jordan Reed. Yeah. Alfred Morris. He was a hell of like a late-round uh, running back. Yeah, he might be... In the Dan Snyder era, he might be the most liked guy on the team. You know what I was thinking about because of the sale? I was thinking about jerseys. When you go to a Bills game, what is the most prominent jersey you see? Well, now it's obviously Allen and Diggs. Yeah, exactly. That's my point, right? If you go to a Commander's game, what would you wager a guess is the most popular jersey? I'm going to say McLaurin. It's not a bad guess. There's definitely some McLaurin's. It's still Sean Taylor, which makes sense, right? Uh, like the guy, the guy died. He resonates with the the fan base a lot because that's that's a long running fan base, and that was a, a very very good, very important player to us. Mm-hmm. Second place is still RG three. Oh, that was gonna be my next guess. I was like, I bet you there's a lot of people who still have their RG three jerseys. Yeah, it's yeah. like this. This team hasn't had a player that's been as important to the team as RG3 in 10 years. Now, is there any kind of clause in this sale that guarantees that, uh, what was the new owner's name again? Josh Harris. That Josh Harris will bring back the burgundy throwbacks with the gold numbers and just get rid of the racist logo? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the the jerseys and the team name. There's been some speculation on that, but I don't think that we're going to go through another team name change. At least I would be surprised if we went through another team name change. It would be a good way to like really remove the Dan Schneider stink. It would be. Also, that the the fan base loves the old name. So if he decided to go back to that, that'd be big. I don't know if the NFL would let him, but if that did come through, people would be hype. Oh, for if that. Went back went back to the old name? Yeah. Of the football team or the racist one? <laughs> if he went back to the name the Redskins, which I'm not a fan of because like you said, if nothing else, it's not great to call them by the color of someone's skin that doesn't really reflect the actual color of their skin. Yeah, and even beyond, even like that, like the logo, it was like the when the Cleveland baseball team changed their names to the Guardians. Like even worse than them being called the Cleveland Indians was that their logo was extremely like racist. Yeah, it was like the cartoony yeah. looking with the bright red face. Yeah, it was terrible. And like same thing with like you know the commander's old name is it's like not only is the name offensive but like that logo is kind of offensive too it's just kind of like a a stereotypical idea of what you think a indigenous person would look like 
Yeah, I, I mean, there was a lot wrong with it, and it doesn't help that, like, you look at the history. The guy who initially named the team refused to sign any black players, and then we had Dan Snyder come in, who's just a complete piece of shit and wants to defend the name. Like, it, some of it's guilty by association, too. Like, even if you close your eyes and never saw the logo in your life, you would have to think a little bit, like, uh, you know what? The thing that the guy who refused to sign black players and then Dan Snyder both loved probably not the logo I want to keep around. So two quick things. One, I don't know if my mic picked up me laughing. I was I was just laughing because like you'd at least hope that the person who originally named them was just like, you know, because of the times was a little ignorant on that the name was offensive. And then you dropped the bomb. So like, no, he was totally racist. He wouldn't sign black players. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Jesus, it gets worse. It, um, the, the commanders were the last team to integrate in the entire league. The other thing was, just speaking of, like, that was another thing about Schneider was just, like, his billionaire defiance when he had that quote in, like, the USA Today where he said, like, we are never going to change the name, never, and you can use all caps on that. Yeah, and then FedEx said they were going to pull out of the naming rights deal to the stadium unless they changed the name, and Dan Snyder went, we're calling him the football team. That's what I was originally wondering. You said he might change the name back. I was like, are we going back to the football team? Because I would kind of be a fan of that. Nah, I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like I Like, at the time, I thought it was fine, but it just stands out so much for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's true. Like, you go through, especially in the, the NFC East, which is such a historic division, because it's been those rivalries for a long time. So you go back into the NFC East, and it's like, Ah, the staple of the NFL since the 80s. The Dallas Cowboys, one of the most valuable franchises in the league. The New York Giants, been there forever, won two Super Bowls. You can go back and just name some of the biggest impact players in history, like Lawrence Taylor and Eli Manning. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Dirty Birds, go back to the 80s and you got those green throwbacks. Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens. Brian Westbrook and the Washington football team. Yeah, that's a good it's, it's, it sounds like a fill in the blank a little bit, given that even the commanders are a little fill in the blank compared to the rest of them, especially compared to the Giants and the Cowboys who just those names like mean something. But it's better than just calling them the football team. Yeah, there, I, there was better options on the table, but there was a lawyer in D.C. who is a genius and a folk hero who, when rumors started coming out that Dan Snyder was going to have to change the team, registered a copyright on every conceivable name that you could think of. Oh, that's and was gonna ch- Yeah, he's going to charge Dan Snyder a ton of money for any of them. I mean, I would still be in favor of, if they wanted to do a, like, a name that was like an actual tribe, I wouldn't think that would be super offensive. Like, I mean, the F- Florida State are the Seminoles, but the Seminoles is an actual tribe, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah. I think that... If you go through the process right, calling them like the Washington Cherokee could be a lot of the same feeling. Or there was even a lot of military options that were really cool, like the Red Wolves and stuff like that. People thought about calling them uh, the uh, Airmen after the Tuskegee Airmen. That Mm would have been another cool one and also a total swerve in the other direction where you name them after the first all-black air unit that fought in World War II. You should name them the Sioux. They really... The Sioux are so fucking good. <laughs> they really, like, and you know, 
it's some of it you have to assume that Dan Snyder's not exactly a creative man. But they really went Madden created a team. Oh, I moved a team to a new city and I have six options with it. Yeah, you settle on commanders because it's like not cringy, but you know, it's just kind of like a safe choice. The fan base really seemed to like the Red Wolves, and that was my favorite team name. Uh, I don't know why they didn't go with it. It's just, it's a good name. I, I like the Red Wolves. Oh, Cherokee sounds cool, too. Cherokee sounds cool. But that, but that depends, because if they start doing that shit that FSU in Kansas City does, where they all tomahawk chop and play that song before games, I'm going to be like, shut it down, shut it down, we're changing the name again. That was never a thing with this team, though. No. Like, you, you go back in their history, and it's like, you know what shows up more often than Native American iconography is pigs. pigs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All about pigs. Love the pigs. Hogs. Which is also, you know, you know what's going to really resonate with this city and with this fan base? Invest in the goddamn offensive line. Get five beefcakes in there. Like, I get our defensive line stacked right now, but you want commanders fans to sit up and take notice you pay out the nose in draft capital and money and get a fresh dominant offensive line in there because that is this team's identity through and through in history it would also help if you're going to try to run with sam howell if he's not you know running for his life every play yeah we we're gonna have probably a bottom 10 offensive line this year Mm. it's not gonna be great and <clears throat> with with the amount we've invested in our defense too, it's it's so one sided, and we've invested all of our money in the thing that's really volatile. I mean, defense doesn't hold over as a strong suit year to year. It just it's up and down because defense is reactionary. So if a smart coach figures out a different way to run plays than you're thinking of, a la Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, then you the defense has to learn how to go against that. Whereas if a defense is trying new coverage. It has to match what the offense is doing to be effective. It also, like, it takes, when you look back throughout the annals of NFL history, mm-hmm. <laughs> it yes. takes, um, I'm such a child, I'm sorry. Um, it takes, like, a really high-level quarterback to overcome bad offensive line play. Like, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, in many seasons, has overcome bad offensive line play. Um, Josh Allen <laughs> has overcome bad offensive line play. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say Lamar Jackson can overcome subpar offensive line play well if Lamar Jackson gets hurt once he's out for the season so that's true I love Lamar I don't actually think that injury prone is a real thing I think it's like something that it's it's like a, a confirmation bias we use uh but man that guy that guy doesn't play a lot of football recently even like he's had he's like historically had good offensive lines in front of him but even Tom Brady with a bad offensive line just adjusts and he's like I'm gonna get this ball out faster than anybody in the NFL does yeah, that was always the Tom Brady move. He was like, don't care, just throwing button hooks to Wes Welker over and over again. Pick up eight yards at a time, and then yeah. the Indians. <laughs> All right, Mike, any uh, any final thoughts here on the Commanders on uh, on the sale before we move on? Good riddance to Dan Schneider, and, uh, you know, they're your favorite team, so I'm obviously rooting for him to turn it around. Good fucking riddance to Dan Schneider, and I am also rooting for them to turn around. <clears throat> Hopefully Sam Howell is... An MVP caliber quarterback, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that he's closer to fifth round Baker Mayfield. Hey, if you find out that he's not early on in the season, shut it down and try to get Caleb Williams, I guess. Yeah, we're not going to be able to out tank Arizona. Arizona's built to tank this season. (laughs) 
<laughs> they were born for this. They were. All right, let's set up the wheel here and get ready on that. <laughs> it's the wheel of money. Don't their arms get torn off by the wheel and then that's good? Yeah. That's <laughs> the, the guys, they don't let go. Yeah, you have they to keep let go. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole oh, gimmick. R.I.P. Just the one guy, though. Yeah, but he was the funnier guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was the guy that when you someone says why he's kids, you know, he was the first face that came to mind. Yeah, he. in fact, he's the wheel of money guy. Exactly. I don't now, know if any of this is making it into the into the playoffs I or into the, the, not into the playoffs into the into the show the other main dude i will always remember because he played lincoln and like my favorite sketch right he's like you fucked up now yeah was it that one that had uh the holocaust for jerks or is that a different show i don't know that one's not ringing a bell right. but i do remember that jimmy over summer saw a whale jump out of his tail yeah <laughs> seriously i don't know if any of this is making it into the show probably not i'm trying to remember like the weird ass channel that that aired on for the couple seasons it was around uh, uh, was it fye not fye um speaking of dying things fye <laughs> no it was what was the channel that sugar were going down premiered on and for some reason the music video on on youtube had that like burned into the corner uh, it was that channel I can't remember. At this point, how does this not go in the show? That's like, you ever see like commercials or something? Or IFC. Like... I knew it. <laughs> IFC. That's it. That's still around, isn't it? I have no idea, but that's, that's where Sugar Work Going Down premiered. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was IFC. That was also, uh, you know, where uh, Charlie Day got all that voiceover work money. For what? He used to be the voice of like IFC. So like during commercial. Really? Like, yeah. He, he's talked Two about this. Wars? He talked about this in... I think it's when he was on the Pete Holmes podcast. I listened to it. And he Pete about Holmes it. has a podcast? I don't know if he still does, but he did at one point. And uh, I was listening to it, and he said that, yeah, so he'd be like that guy where he'd be like, and coming up next is uh, Casablanca at 4 o'clock or whatever. Casablanca on IFC. They used to just play oh, movies yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time that back makes in the sense. day. Yeah. It's just Casablanca doesn't seem like an IFC movie to me. Independent film channel? Yeah. I don't know. I think of, I think of IFC as like train spotting. What about trains, planes, and automobiles? I don't know if that'd be on IFC, but I do like that movie. It's a Christmas movie. There you go. There's a Christmas movie right there. I'm trying to find... Planes, trains, automobiles. This is totally not related. It's all set up for the end of the podcast. No, no. Let me, let me hear it. All this is staying in. Okay. I was just going <laughs> to say, there's this funny movie coming out. It actually came out on the 14th, technically, but I can't find tickets anywhere. It's this comedy called Theater Camp. I haven't even heard of this. Yeah. It's by... Um, what is Fox? Uh, I think now it's just called Searchlight Productions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Disney bought it. Yeah. So it's called Searchlight. So it's like more of like an indie thing, but it looks very funny. It's basically like a theater camp that some dude buys it and he's like this like douchey dude. And so then two of the counselors are like going to try to put on like the greatest on stage ever with like all these like kids, you know, but it, it looks funny. And this is not a Van Wilder movie. It is not. It, okay. um, but oh, I can't remember the director now, but there was something interesting related to the director. Michael Sarah also has a movie coming out called Adults. Yeah, like, I know that one. Yeah, I watched the trailer for that. I, I put it like on my list on Fan- Fandango to try to get tickets when it comes out. It looks very... Um, 
know, there's like this like genre for like indie movies where it's like it's gonna be like a normal guy and he goes back to his home and then there's like feelings with people and tension. <laughs> Did you ever see This Is Where I Leave You? No. Oh, great movie. Um, no, I mean, great's a strong, strong word depending on the kind of. Movie it is you a like. movie though, right? <laughs> yeah, it is a movie, and it has like uh, Jason Bateman, Adam Driver, I, um, and basically Fuck. they're Jesus. All okay. right. Yeah, and like they're going home. He has to go home to sit Shiva for his dad who died. Uh, ben Schwartz is in it. He plays the rabbi. It's really funny. Um, uh, and then when he's going home, he ends up in a theater camp and sees a different life that's all stop motion and a play. And at the end of it, he's hugging his sons, but he's never had sex. So then he realizes <laughs> they can't actually be his sons. What's the connection between Ben Schwartz and... Bo um, is afraid. Bo's afraid. By the way, did you know Joaquin Phoenix is playing Napoleon? I just added that to my list to get tickets whenever that <laughs> finally comes out. No, so uh, the 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 link was just going home to sit Shiva. Oh, gotcha. You want to talk about sports? Oh, yeah, I guess we should get back to that. <laughs> Spinning the wheel! I have no idea how much of that's staying in the podcast, but we just talked about movies for eight minutes. A preview for the next Town Alone podcast. All right, Mike. Our wheel topic, maybe our only one, maybe one of two is who is out who is out is a simple prediction game where we're going to go through the nfc and afc playoff field from last season look at who made it and predict who is out easy enough concept mike yep <laughs> all right seem excited i think i was actually the one who suggested this i don't think so i think it was me all right fine it was you thank you all right mike you want to start with afc or nfc Let's do AFC. NFC it is. You fucker. <laughs> All right, Mike. I'm going to run down the playoff teams from last season, all seven of them. I say seven because when I initially made my notes, I only wrote down five for some reason. Okay, okay. And then we'll figure out who's out. The NFC, much easier than the AFC. I'll tell you that. All right. Here are the teams in the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New York football giants, and the Seattle Seahawks. So, Mike, the simple question to begin with is, who's out? The Bucks are obviously out. Yeah, that's I. so I color-coded these teams by how much I thought they were out or not. The Bucks on the entire playoff field last year are my only red-coded team. They're the only team that I'm for sure is out. You know who's quarterbacking for the Bucks this year? Mike Glennon. I have no idea. I don't think Mike Glennon plays football anymore. He got drafted by the Bucks. I think he's a tie model, if I had to guess what he's doing. Either that or he's a snake. <laughs> Some agent saw him walking down the street and was like, oh my god, look at that neck. I need you. <laughs> it is Baker Mayfield currently, or Kyle Trask. Hmm. Those are your quarterback options in Tampa Bay. They went from Tom fucking Brady... To Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I mean, you talk about camp battles to watch. Everybody circle on that one. <laughs> Who's going to get traded to the Jets first to back up Aaron Rodgers? Uh, probably Baker Mayfield, because I feel like he's slowly trying to make it to every NFL franchise. Yeah, he's he's pulling the Robert Covington. Mm -hmm. uh, my next team out, I'm saying the Seahawks. How about you? Yeah, I got them coded in yellow which is my second worst coding color. I realize my coding system doesn't translate <laughs> to an audio format very well. Uh, what about the Giants? You think they make it in again? I also have them coded in yellow. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
I got one more team in yellow here. The Vikings. The Vikings. I think that it's pretty safe to say the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys are all in. Now, let me make some arguments here on why the Bucks maybe will make it. Who the fuck else in the NFC South is going to make it? Carolina Panthers, baby. Bryce Young's not going to be good, though. That's a problem. Bryce Young's going to crush it. Crap. <laughs> 5,000 yards as a rookie. And that's just running. <laughs> yeah. Panthers, Panthers aren't a bad pick, but Panthers don't have any receivers. It's part of the problem. So you're not feeling it, is what you're telling me. I'm not feeling it. Not when feeling Adam it. Thielen started doing segments on the NFL Network, you could probably guarantee he's washed. Yeah. But they don't have any receivers there, and they don't have a running back, and they don't have a very good offensive line, and their defense is pretty good, but they lost their defensive coordinator. So I'm not feeling it. Not feeling it in Carolina. No, not feeling it. Okay. How about the New Orleans Saints? Brought in Derek Carr. Mike Thomas is in the best shape of his life. They still got Chris Olave. Alvin Kamara ducked jail time on his assault charges. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but I did see that <laughs> come across the headlines. Um, they're probably the betting favorite. I don't have them up in front of me, but I imagine they are. They are. I don't have them up in front of me anymore either, but I was just looking at those odds the other day. The other option, what if uh, what if Desmond Ritter's good? I mean, he's got some weapons there. Yeah, he's got uh, Pitts. He's got that receiver they got there that I like that I can uh, – Drake. Yeah, See, Drake I London. There you go. I remembered. Not not the musical artist, Drake. Oh, I, I was going to – I was thinking you were going to say Drake and Josh. I was so close to singing the Drake and Josh theme song as you were talking about Drake from Degrassi. Yeah, I'm not sure if Drake Bell avoided his jail time, so he might not be able to oh, that's be right. there for the start of camp. Forgot that we can't talk about Drake Bell in casual conversation anymore. <laughs> nope. At least Josh Peck was in the Red Dawn remake. Yeah. And then he had that. Never mind. Not gonna... <laughs> Moving on. So that, that's really my argument that maybe the Bucks aren't definitely out because but, it's not a strong division. But what else do they have? Like, all their offensive weapons are old. Or feel old, I should say. But they still have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Mike Evans is old, man. Rashad White? Oh, I don't think he's white. <laughs> you don't think he's white? I can I just, guarantee you he's not white. I meant to say I don't think he's old. No, it's his second year in the league. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know when SoundCloud asked me what 10-second segment I want to use as a trailer for the <laughs> podcast, what 10-second segment I'm going to use now. Um, no, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but if I was ranking, like, the the division, maybe, like, third, maybe fourth. Carolina? Yeah, be, no, it would be, like, it would be, really? like, yeah, you it would be, like, up, you put Atlanta in fourth? It would be, like, Atlanta and the Bucks battling it out for three and four, and I'd probably put uh, Bryce Young at two. And Dude, that Panthers. team has no NFL players on offense outside of Bryce Young. All I'm going to say is get Ray to watch Bryce Young cook. Unless I can't wait to watch sack. Bryce. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Bryce Young run for his life and throw the ball away 16 times a game. Dude, but it's going to be a perfect spiral every time. <laughs> He's so small. He's so small. Such He's a, a tiny queen. human. That's why I love Anthony Richardson. 
Richardson? So big? Richards? Richardson. It's been t- okay, it's been too long since the draft. I can't remember rookies' names anymore. Yeah, because yeah, he's big. Big guy. Big tough yeah, guy. Big, big tough guy. So then All the right. other two that I definitely want to talk about here are the wild card teams from last year with the Giants and the Seahawks. Well, I guess two of the wild card teams out of the three, but you get what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. The Giants and the Seahawks. So if we're saying that there's two wild card spots opening up, who do you think is filling in there? Who do you think is taking those wild card spots? Is there a chance that we have four NFC North teams make the playoffs? Yeah, I could see the Lions or the Bears be one of those wild card teams. Not the Packers? No, I'm I really down on the Packers. Packers are the second best quarterback in the division. No, they have the fourth best. <laughs> you taking Justin Fields over anyone? You're so. I think you're start. You are like if a guy doesn't reach a certain height requirement, you just poop all over him. No, Justin Fields just can't throw the ball. You're basically like a human sign outside of a roller coaster. No, <laughs> I was I was going back to your poop on them, and I couldn't figure that one out until I realized you were doing the the, <laughs> the height re- thing. height requirement joke there. Yeah, um, I, Justin Fields is a big dude, isn't he? Isn't he like six three? He's bigger than he looks, but I don't think he's six. He might be six three. I have to look it up. He's got a smaller call me, frame. Call me. What are you talking about? He's thick as hell. He's 6'3", 227. You call me a size queen for saying Justin Fields isn't a good quarterback? Well, I mean, he's not, you know. 6'6". Yeah, he's not. He's no Josh Allen, you know. <laughs> see, you see Philip Rivers is having another kid? <laughs> Jesus. It's his 10th kid. Someone needs to step in. <laughs> yeah. He would never be able to have a family in China. They would shut that down. Him plus his kids could field a whole offense and then make the conference finals, but never the Super Bowl. I don't know how he doesn't have a reality show yet. Because he's children. boring, I think. That's probably true. <laughs> I feel like I feel like wholesome American conservative families would probably get a kick out of the words he uses to not cuss. Is that a thing? Yeah, you're. Yeah, he's always out there like after plays, being like, ah, flinging, flanging, fluffer nutter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. He's a nerd. Anyway, back on topic. Um, I think I think Jordan Love's going to be the second best quarterback in that division. I think you're. We've argued about this before, but I feel like you're highly overrating Jordan Love. But you think I'm I, highly I, overrating Justin Fields? So fair enough. I got I got a buddy who's a, a Packers fan that's really poisoning my brain. But like, Jared Goff is fine, but he's got tiny hands, right? Jordan Love mm-hmm. at least has big hands, you know. I think Goff could also end up suffering from, like, Matt Schaub syndrome and that we all thought Matt Schaub was good until, like, the rest of the team got better and they were in close games that they were trying to win and then Matt Schaub wasn't good anymore. Does anyone think Jared Goff is good? Or do they think he's, like, average? Statistically, like, numbers-wise, like, fantasy, he's not, like, a bad option. Cause they'd, like, no, he's a terrible option fantasy. Is he? Yeah, because he doesn't run. Well, that's true. But I meant, like, as far as, like, he – puts up like good yardage and touchdowns at the end of the season like just like a decent amount of them because they're playing from behind he's like slinging the ball around and so it may make him look better than he is uh i mean right Ian like, Campbell he's obviously likes him 17th overall in fantasy points per game at quarterback last season okay so he's right around the middle of the pack yeah which is exactly what i expect out of him dan campbell does like him but i think that dan campbell's Dan Campbell is not the kind of man I would want running my roster, but I would be fine with coaching my team. Right. Man, I didn't realize his completion percentage was actually 65% last year. 
I hate completion percentage. Yeah, it's a not because league. not because I don't know if it's like how good of a stat. I mean, like it doesn't it doesn't tell you the quality of the completions, but because I don't actually know what a good completion percentage is. Like, is sixty three a good completion percentage? Is seventy five percent like unworldly good? For me, the cutoff's always been like, if you're like low fifties or below fifty, obviously you're bad. But like, if you're like this, sixty and above, I think I feel like that's where you want your quarterback to be. This goes back to my whole Madden thing, where when I play Madden, I'll I'll play games and I'll throw like fifty three percent completion, but I'll win because it'll be like I'm just running play action plays way down the field the whole time. Yeah. So I'll throw fifty three percent, but have four touchdowns. Anyways, man, these these afternoon pods really go off the rails. Get sidetracked. Yeah, no kidding. I've had three coffees and worked a full day, and now I'm we're sitting down to do a pod, and we're talking about movies and Madden and. <laughs> talked about how tiny Bryce Young is for like eight nine minutes. Are we disrespecting the Vikings at all? Like, should we give them any like moment? Like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Benefit of the doubt. Well, okay. My thought on that is, I will give Justin Jefferson all of the benefit of the doubt in the world. I will not extend any to Kirk Cousins, so they cancel each other out. Yeah. So I'm left with what? Getting excited about. Alexander Madison? Yeah, pretty much. Old man Harrison Smith? Hey, went to Notre Dame. You got to be nice to him. That It's just... You got to be nice to him because he went to Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you're far off. I'm not crazy about like the roster. And also, I mean, it's kind of cliche to point out at this point, but they won so many close games last year. Yeah, I mean, no one believed in them. And then we were proven right when the Giants beat them immediately in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked if next season, come playoff time, we're looking at the Lions winning that division by two or three games, and the other three teams all being in the mix for those wild card spots. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. Do you think the Niners are the only team from their division that makes it? Like Seattle falls out, and the Niners. Yeah, I, that's I I just have a really hard time trusting Geno Smith. Yeah, it was a nice story last year, but yeah, come on. If he's still Geno Smith, right? Like right. he's he's fine. He's like he's showed last year that he is good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But probably not good enough to elevate your team above where it just naturally sits. And now that team has a lot of stuff I like on it. They have two really good running backs, really interesting running backs. Mm-hmm. They have two good wide receivers, including one that gets put on blast for having three ways and four ways with OnlyFans models, and another one who publicly said that he was saving himself for marriage, <laughs> which I think is a funny dichotomy. It'd be a real twist and if it, the saving yourself for marriage was DK Metcalf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why he always works out. He's got to get that energy out somehow. Yeah. And then you just can't count out Pete Carroll. As much as I don't like his gum chomping ass, the guy's – been consistently a very good coach can i go back to one of your previous points for a moment no okay i was just gonna say why are we putting him on blast for that like can we not sex shame people like is that just all jealousy oh i i think it's just fun to gossip more than anything right yeah. like oh my god he's like I, fours with only fans models it's like yeah good for him yeah like if if i'm gonna put anyone on blast in the nfl for their sex habits it's just gonna be obj ouch because he likes to be able to poop on him. Allegedly. I was watching an episode. 
last time I'll go totally off the beaten path, but I was watching an episode of like a newer episode of Ridiculousness the other day because I was like, was they like, have new episodes of Ridiculousness. Yeah, it's still going, and like I don't watch a lot of like t- like live TV outside of sports and wrestling. I was like sitting around and like I threw on. I was like, oh, it's like always like a fun show just to throw on in the background. And I threw it on, and the person on the it was not the Chanel West Coast girl that I'm used to seeing. It was someone named like Lauren Wood, or she goes by Lolo Wood. So I looked her up, and apparently it said she was like a fitness model and OBJ's girlfriend. Huh? Yeah. I don't know if she still is, but that's what that's what Google told me. Well then, you want to talk about the AFC? If we have to, you know. You got you got any NFC thoughts left? Uh, just that I can't wait to watch you eat, um, you know, crow when the Bears win the NFC North. There's no way you actually believe that. I do. I said it a while back on this podcast, and I made you do like a spit take. I don't have any memory of that whatsoever. Are you sure that was me? It was. You were like, wow, I'm just, I'm, I, my name is Adam Hess, and I am shocked right now. I'm just going through the other divisions here, making sure there's no one else I want to highlight. And I don't think so. I don't think the Commanders are a playoff team. I don't think that anyone from the NFC West is outside of the Niners. Oh. NFC South is Bonanza. And then I said the NFC North, all four teams could make the playoffs. I have one more point, and that is, like, I think the Giants are going to regret the Daniel Jones contract this season. And I also think there's going to be, like, unnecessary amount of drama around the, the Saquon Barkley situation. Um, I still don't like the receiving group outside of, like, Isaiah Hodgins. But, oh, wait, they also picked up what's-his-face, that rookie. That we're both really into. They got uh, so the Giants got Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee. Hyatt, there yeah. you go. That's right. And I, so I do really like. I do really like Hyatt, but I think the thing I'm most intrigued about that team is going to be like. Like last year was awesome. Let's see like, how good is Brian Dable as a head coach. Like that's going to be like one of the really fun teams to watch this year. Well, let me ask you this: right now, if you could trade Ken Dorsey for Brian Dable, would you take that deal? I guess I'd have to say yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of speaking of Ken Dorsey, let's talk about the AFC. Go Bills. So here are your seven AFC teams from the playoffs last year. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Miami Dolphins. Mike, who is out? Number one. Dolphins are out. I have them in yellow. Oh, okay, just yellow. All right. Um, I didn't color. I, so code, here's but. here's my thing with the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that Tua is healthy all year. Are they still out? Yeah. I mean, they have a really good offensive coach. They have the two fastest receivers in the world. They have a stacked running back room, and they have a pretty good defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, and I mean, let's not forget they added Jalen Ramsey to an already very good secondary. Yeah. So if Tua is healthy all season, are they out? Even if Tua isn't healthy all season, but Teddy Bridgewater is, are they out? Like, is are we underrating Mike McDaniels? So I will give him this. Everybody's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers in the Big Apple. Here we go, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what voice that was supposed to be. But I'm, as a Bills fan, I'm more worried. Woody Allen? Yeah, kind of did sound like Woody Allen. <laughs> um, hello, ladies. Now I'm not going to make that joke. Uh, so I'm more worried about facing the Dolphins twice a season than 
broke ass Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Yeah, I would agree with that because the Dolphins also, like you already mentioned, I mean, it's still early on in both both of their head coaching careers. I'm a little more scared of what Mike McDaniels is going to throw at me than Robert Sala. Yeah, I mean, last week we were literally having the conversation. I literally asked you if Robert Sala was a good coach. Yeah. I've never asked that question about Mike McDaniel. Right. Mike McDaniel is obviously a good coach and also probably a top-tier vape salesman. Yeah. So, I bet that guy's got great Discord memes. I could see it going either way with the Dolphins. I'm biased, obviously, because of my Bills fandom. So, I'm going to say I think they might end up out, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're they're still in. But right now, I'm going to say out. You got anyone else on your out list? Um, Oh, Jacksonville. I have the Jags in yellow as well. That one was a hard one for me because I like the quarterback and I like the coach. And they're adding Calvin Ridley to this team. You're a big Doug, Doug uh, Peterson guy? He won a Super Bowl. That's true. And he's the only coach that can wear those visors anymore since John Gruden's out of the league. Yeah, he has nice little tiny glasses he wears when he calls plays. Yeah. I was going to kick out of his tiny glasses. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Doug Peterson guy. I mean, Doug Peterson was one of the first RPO guys in the NFL. Yeah. I think I don't – I'm the hype – the Jacksonville hype's getting a little out of – I think it's because their division's kind of weak. Their division's weak, and also our lasting memory of them was that comeback against the Chargers. That's true. But, I don't know, like, I'm seeing, like, sports media accounts post, like, Who's going to have the most uh, passing yards next year? Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, or Trevor Lawrence? I'm like, I love Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Coming out of college, I would not shut up about the kid. But he has not done anything in the last two seasons that would like make sense for him to be in that conversation. Uh, you weren't watching enough of him last year. That Bears game, he was phenomenal in. Though there were some games that looked really good, and there was other ones where I was like waiting for him to do what people expect him to do and like take over a game. Like, did he did he like sign his contract? with the Jaguars and like he had a clause where he was like, you will never ever ask me to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence, who not quite dual threat levels, but he definitely moved more than like Manning or luck did. Yeah. And he signed, he, he signed with Jacksonville and throughout the first year, the, we can't, we don't even like whatever conversation you have about Trevor Lawrence, you have to throw out his rookie year because Urban Meyer might have been the worst coach in NFL history. Yeah, and probably not a good human being. Yeah, that too. So we throw out that year. But even with Doug Peterson, who, like I said a second ago, was one of the founders of the RPO, it's still like, what he runs like, what, a third as much as he used to in college? Not even. Cause, yeah, because in college, it felt like that was really like an ace in the hole for like that offense where they would kind of every once in a while throw like that design quarterback run in there. You know, or maybe he would scramble, pick up, and be more willing to pick up yards with his feet. He just won't do it in Jacksonville for some reason. It's weird, but I mean, I hope yeah. he turns out to be as good. I'm not, I'm not like saying he won't because I really hope he does. But I think some of the expectations might be set a little high right now. Let me ask you this: one for one trade, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. What side of that do you want to be on? I guess not one for one trade. Which quarterback do you think is gonna be better? <laughs> I think Justin. Uh... Right, right. Like it's close. I'm gonna take Herbert, but it's close. Yeah. That's the important thing. It so I think close. I think that you're underrating. I think that you're underrating uh, 
Trevor Lawrence a little bit here. So <clears throat> just to get completely sidetracked here, who are the top five quarterbacks in the AFC? Um, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar went healthy. So you're so if if I said if you were the Ravens GM and I came to you and said Trevor Lawrence for Lamar Jackson, you're saying no. Yeah. Even with the health concerns and the contract difference. We throw that in now I'm considering Trevor Lawrence a good point. But yeah, the contract so, difference especially. And then how many quarterbacks in the NFC are better than Trevor Lawrence? Would you take Hertz or Lawrence? Because I would take Lawrence in that situation. Sorry, I'm doing like a quick. Wow, is Jalen Hurts the best quarterback in the NFC now? Yeah. That is wild. I think I'd take Hurts over Lawrence, but that would be where the list would end as far as ranking quarterbacks ahead of Lawrence from the NFC. I would, I, I, I wouldn't. Hurts has better MVP odds. Hurts is probably a better fantasy player. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback. Who's the second best quarterback in the NFC? Stafford? Uh, Dak Prescott? It might be Dak Prescott. Like, I don't even know if I want to jump and say Matt Stafford because, I mean, he got pretty beat up last year, obviously, and he's getting up there in age, so. That's okay, I, I promise we'll get back to the topic here, but let's do a similar practice. Rank the top five quarterbacks in the NFC. Hertz, Dak, Derek Carr? Derek Carr might be up there. I mean, uh, well, I guess like Kirk Cousins might be closer to that top five than we'd want to say. Yeah. You know, is Brock Purdy in the top five? <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, is this the year that what's his face finally goes off? Um, poor kid who broke, who like shattered his ankle in San Francisco. It was supposed oh, to, Trey Lance. Trey Lance was supposed to be like his year finally, and then he's not even starting. No. They said when Brock Purdy's healthy, Brock Purdy's starting. Well, yeah, it's tough not to start the guy who took you to the at the conference championship. I know we're getting so sidetracked, but man, just the discrepancy there in quarterback talent between the AFC and the NFC is vast. It's wild. It's I mean, wildly high. Until like two weeks into the season and you finally jump on the Bryce Young bandwagon because he takes a bunch of Joe Schmoes and just tears up the league. Is he going to make it two months into the season? I said two games into the season. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be texting like I was so wrong. I don't know if he's making it two games into the season. Ridiculous. There's Swiss cheese in front of him, and then he's throwing downhill to people who should be garbage men. <laughs> That's right. I'm calling Adam Thielen out. Go pick up trash, you loser. <laughs> Damn. Great. Now Adam Thielen's not coming on the podcast. I literally just was, like, talking to him a minute ago on, on Insta, and he was totally down. He just ruined it. <laughs> like Adam Thielen, 39-and-a-half-year-old, has Instagram. He's not 39-and-a-half. He looks like it. I think he's just a white slot receiver, so you think he's as old as Wes Welker. Yeah. <laughs> Does he also have a really big helmet? Not yet. Not yet. But All right. So back to the AFC. <laughs> There's not really a lot of teams that you feel like are not going to make it again next year. Like So the three, the three I have in yellow are the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Jags. Honestly, I should probably put the Chargers in yellow. 
Yeah. The Jags made it further in the playoffs than the Chargers. And Brandon Staley might not be a very good coach. They finally fired him. Right? No. no. Yeah, they did. No. No. You, what? Google it. What? You fucking Google it. Oh. He's still the coach there. How is this man still the coach? Here's the thing. I like Brandon Staley. I like that he goes for it on fourth and goes for the two points. He's like the gunslinger coach. Like, or not even the gunslinger. He's like the analytics coach just in the sense of high EV plays. But the problem is that his teams aren't very good. Also, he's begun to like self-scout himself. So sometimes when you would expect him, like, all right, Staley's going to go for it here. There were some times last season where he didn't. And we were like, wait, yeah, what, now you're not going for it? He's gotten risk adverse because he doesn't want to get fired, but that's going to be what leads to him getting fired. Yeah, I'd like to have Brandon Staley as an assistant coach. Yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator. Yeah, I just don't know if I'd want to have him as my head coach, and I would definitely put them in yellow with him. I, for some reason, thought after the way the season ended um, with that game where, like, if they would have tied, they would have made it, right? Or is that last season? Yeah, that's that's two seasons ago. That was two seasons the, ago. Yeah. This season, this season ended with the Jags coming back from down twenty points in the first round of the playoffs. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. But even then, the whole so, t- the whole tie thing with the Raiders was bad too. And they lost that one in overtime. Yeah, that one wasn't great. Um, so the only teams I have in green then are the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. Those are my only locks in the AFC. Everyone else is in, in fluctuation. So who do you think could take those spots? Ooh. No. Okay. So here's here's the problem playing the Jags in yellow, right? And here's why I initially wasn't thinking about doing it. Who from the AFC South could possibly take that spot? Yeah, I guess that's another big thing going for the Jags. Like the Titans, I think are entering dark days, dark dark days. Um, Titans are entering dark days. The Colts are starting Anthony Richardson, who is a very green quarterback that needs a lot of live reps. And also last year for a couple of games, hired Jeff Saturday as their coach. So I don't really trust their judgment. And the Texans are still trying to tank to get Caleb Williams. I know that they just drafted a quarterback, but very high. sucks. Back-to-back draft picks <laughs> that they traded up for one of them <laughs> so they could get Anyways, I'm not, we're not doing the draft here. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, man. I, I remember when we did talk about the draft, I actually liked Houston's draft more than you did. So I remember having this. No, I thought, thought that was a dumb fucking move. Hmm. They gave up so much. Just draft the defensive end. If you don't like the quarterback, uh, I'm not getting into this. Yeah. This is, we're talking about the Jags. But, but to get the defensive piece and get C.J. Stroud. No, 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 no. We're talking about the Jags. We're okay. not talking about the, the Texans. So if, we're talking about playoff teams, and the Texans ain't a playoff team. But if they're the only team that I think could put a little fire underneath, you know, like we're like halfway through the season and the Jags are like five and three and then like a, another team's behind them at like four and four, I could see the, tight, or the Texans being like the most likely team to be that team compared to the Titans and the Jim Ursay, who is now in line to be probably considered the worst owner in the NFL. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a good wheel question is ranking owners, like the bottom five owners. That's a good one. All right, Mike. So if you think the Texans could possibly light a fire, hold on, I'm pulling up this thing. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mike, name 
three Texans wide receivers. They don't have Brandon Cooks anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Traded him. Oh, man. I feel like I... Name two. Uh, the only one I can think of is Mechie from Alabama. <laughs> yep, that's one of them. <laughs> okay, so now I'm cheating and I Googled it. Bobby Trees. <laughs> Bobby Trees and Nico Collins would be the other two. <laughs> yeah. Tank Dell, Noah Browns, Xavier Hutchinson, Amari Rogers, Steven Sims. This is not a good team. They're not doing any. They're not putting any pressure on anyone. Dalt, post-injury Dalton Schultz. Mm. Their defense is Will Anderson and a bunch of people you've never heard of before. This this team's not putting the pressure on anyone. They, they're drafting the top five again next year. You're not gonna you're not gonna put like Damian Pierce had a hell of a rookie season in that conversation. Running back. Plus, they pick, <laughs> you want to talk about? Plus, they picked up Devin Singletary. I was about to say you want to talk about Devin Singletary. We're still talking about the Texans somehow. <laughs> I don't know how we put this much time into the Texans. Okay, so maybe go ahead and you can put the Jaguars in green. I still, you know, I don't think they'll run away with their division as easily as some may believe. So then we, we're talking wild card teams here with the Chargers, Ravens, and Dolphins being in yellow. Who do you think could move up into that wild card spot? So they weren't a great team last year, but is there a universe where, you know, after having that first year back as much as we don't want to see it happen, where like Deshaun Watson goes back to being more of what the QB he used to be? I didn't even think of that. That's a good call. Um, yeah, I think that's totally a possibility. Uh, ironically, out of that division, I also had Pittsburgh. Just because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, count out Tomlin. Such a good coach. Such a good coach. Kenny Pickett was picking it up a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was accidental wordplay, I promise. <laughs> and if he starts running it more often, like he did in college, I could see a marketed improvement in that team. Yeah, they get the picket to Pickens thing going. Yeah, and Pickens Pickens might end up being a top 10 wide receiver in this league. Like, he's really good. And uh, I totally expect down late in this, like coming down the stretch in the season, the Steelers to be in the wild card conversation because, you know, if Tomlin can get the defense going the way Tomlin has found a way to do many years, then they're going to keep games low scoring, and that's going to give their young quarterback a chance in a lot of games. Yeah, and that's all they need. They have they have really good defensive players too. I mean, they got the best Watt in history. That's right, JJ. Suck it. I thought that the best Watt in history was that one that played fullback. I didn't know they. Or had. was that a Gronkowski? That was a Gronkowski. Yeah, <laughs> that was a Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have I have the uh, Steelers on there. I also y- you got to mention the Jets. We can't have this conversation without talking about the Jets. They're going to go they one are, and sixteen. They are a very talented team, like roster-wise, that added the guy who's won two out of the last three MVPs. Oh, yeah, I heard Brees Hall already broke the sound barrier with one. Yeah, Brees Brees Hall breaking the sound barrier. But they have a great wide receiver room, um, including What's-His-Face, who came on last season. Oh, God, what's his name? I I literally just had it in front of me. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. That's right. Yeah, because they had the Wilson-to-Wilson connection. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) <laughs> and they added, they added Aaron Rodgers that. I mean, they, their defense is really good. And if Robert Sala can at least call a defense that should maintain. That is the last time any human should ever utter the words Wilson to Wilson connection. <laughs> that should, never, yeah. should hardly be considered a connection. 
Well, Zach Wilson tried to throw interceptions, and uh, Garrett Wilson would get in front of them. Just swat him down. Try his damnedest. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't. Because of his resume, you can never count out old Aaron Rodgers. But And also, since I'm so negative on that he's going to bounce back and be amazing, it, the way the sports gods usually work, he will most likely have an MVP season now. But, yeah, I mean, I guess just yeah. because of, like, the young offensive weapons – the defense uh they just locked down williams to an extension and because of aaron Rodgers' resume you have to talk about him. i will admit that i mean if you want to if you want to make this interesting i'll take straight up i'll take the jets against the panthers i'll take the jets to have more wins than the panthers Ooh, <laughs> you're really calling me out of my bryce young fandom aren't you your bryce young fandom and you're shorting aaron Rodgers. I was going to be a smart ass and be like, how about we take win percentage, but that, that doesn't really matter in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, we, we can take win percentage. That's fine with me. <laughs> it'll, be the, it'll be the same thing unless some of them start getting ties or some shit. <laughs> yeah. It would take a lot of ties, I think, to still make that win percentage close. I think yeah. the Panthers are going to be bad, and I think the Jets are going to be good. I'll take that bet. Take that bet? Mm-hmm. All right. 500 bucks? That's a lot. I'll take. I'll do 50. <laughs> 50 hundred? 50 singles. All right, 50 singles. 50 bucks, straight up, Panthers against the Jets. Let's go, Bryce Young. You're an idiot. <laughs> Bryce Young and uh, Raheem Blackshear winning me 50 bucks. <laughs> and Adam Thielen. Um, <laughs> the other team that I do feel like we have to mention because, oh, man, they just want it so bad. Denver Broncos. Is there any chance? I mean, it can't. It can't go as bad as it did last year. Remember game one when they lost to Seattle? And then in game two, the home crowd was counting down the play clock for them because they got so many delay of game penalties. So it cannot be worse than that. To give you an idea of how bad the Broncos were, Jerry Judy had injury problems, but he's still very talented. Cortland Sutton is a pretty solid, like pretty good receiver. And the Broncos were so bad that they turned their trade value into dust. Yeah. Like, that that says something about how bad they were. I know, like... I Tim Patrick know. was out for the season with an injury. If this team... And their running back, Javante Williams, went down for the season with an injury, too. It's worth noting those things. And they had a terrible coach. If this team makes the playoffs, is Sean Payton, like, one of the favorites for Coach of the Year? Gotta be. Yeah. But, uh, so, there's also, like, this weird, like... Ah, Russell Wilson's short. Drew Brees is short. That's great. That means that'll work. Those are two very different quarterbacks, and it's weird that we're making that comparison. I've never. But it's just such a lazy comparison. And I've never heard a coach like describe like his system and be like, you know, I really designed my system around short quarterbacks. Yeah. No. Yeah, and like Drew Brees made his fucking money throwing in the middle of the field, which Russell Wilson appears to be allergic to. Yeah. So I don't like that comparison very much, but Sean Payton, very good coach. So I think that that's like, if you, if everything is held constant, we're not talking about Tim Patrick. We're not talking about Javante Williams. We're not talking about any drafted players, Russell Wilson being more comfortable in his house or whatever, but you go from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton. That is worth more wins. Yeah. So can you see them making the playoffs no. as a wild card? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I think I think I think Wilson's is done. 
Yeah, he might be cooked. He's I pretty mean, bad. He's cooked just beyond. I, I, I just like I, I've already stated my um, pessimism towards the possibility of Rodgers bouncing back. I feel extremely more confident that Russell Wilson does not bounce back. He was already sliding down the hill, like coming, starting to come down that hill his last season in Seattle. Like we started to see the cracks kind of form. And then he went to Denver and the floodgates and he just went flying down the hill, like a fucking water slide at insert water park here. Schlitterbahn. What do you think? You think the line of demarcation on his complete descent was that mallet finger injury that he had in his last season in Seattle? Oh yeah. That, that yeah, finger injuries are so weird with quarterbacks. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like such a little thing that turned that can just totally take a QB out of a game. Is you hit a helmet on your follow through, and it's like, yeah, he's screwed. He can't throw the ball. Yeah, he's done. He's a he's a Canadian Football League quarterback now. Yeah, oh, I'm sure Russ would just kill it in the CFL. Uh, he played for the Rough Riders. I know we talked about we already talked about all the teams in it, but. Because we mentioned how like the NFC North could have a shot at sending three teams. Do you think the AFC North has a shot at sending three teams? When we factor in that like the Deshaun. I factor. said the NFC North could send four. Four. Just to point out. Wow. Um, but there's like no team. Like I'm not cra- like I said, the Browns not crazy about, but there's like the Deshaun factor if he gets going again. And then we talked but about who's the best once again, like who is Deshaun Watson supposed to throw to on that team? Is Donovan Peoples Jones still there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. I think that's it. Whatever happened to Jarvis Landry? I want to say the Saints, but I think that's just because I always assume he's on the Saints. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with no. I think that we could see three player, three teams from the AFC North in the wild card, but the AFC East is just too good. So could we see? Could we see four I think, teams? I think we could see four in the AFC East. Really? You I mean, it's like in the Patriots right now. I once again, it's the Tomlin argument. You counting out Bill fucking Belichick? I don't know. Billy No Sleeves? You're counting out Billy No Sleeves? Really don't like that team and don't like Mac Jones and Belichick's been getting weird with his drafting. I just I'm not sure. Belichick's always been weird with his drafting. Like is Belichick just in the, like is he like in an OV situation? He's just doing this to like set a record for most wins. As oh yeah, coach. he's he's just going for the Don Shula record. I mean, that's just the only reason he's around anymore. Yeah. But he's going to get it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's just a matter of time. I think that there's still a playoff run or two left in that lack of sleeves. I was going to say up his <laughs> sleeve, but then I had to stop myself partway through yeah. after I just called him Billy No Sleeves for five minutes. Yeah, Vilichek's a terrible magician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a great one if he doesn't need the sleeves. That's true. Uh, yeah, I can't sign off on the Patriots. And that that's not even like my bias speaking. That's just like Mac Jones. Yeah, that's a Mac Jones speaking. <laughs> I'm shocked he's still there. I guess no one. What if it was him. Bailey Zappy? Ooh, now Zappy gets in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what was he a seventh round pick? Yes. Those those Patriots love their late round quarterbacks. That's why Mac Jones isn't working out because they drafted him too early. Belichick doesn't know what to do with a quarterback that doesn't have to earn every rep. That's what I've always said about that Belichick. That's what I've always said about him. All right, Mike, any more thoughts on the AFC playoff field? Any any other names you want to throw out there as a potential team to no. make the jump? Amari Cooper, though. I knew there was one Browns wide receiver we should have been able to name. Is he still on the Browns? I thought he was yeah. somewhere else now. He's on the Browns. He's, on, he's, he's in huh. old Brown town. Huh. 
For some reason, I thought that he was on the Rams. No, I would say there's going to be a lot of change in the NFC, and I won't be entirely surprised if the AFC is the exact same. Yeah, yeah, me either. I mean, barring injury. Well, it just goes to what you were saying earlier about the level of quarterback play in the AFC is so much better. Yeah. That it does it makes you feel like there's not as much of a, a room for teams to fall off when you feel confident about who's behind center. Yeah, I mean, all of the locks in the AFC have MVP caliber quarterbacks behind them. My locks in the NFC, one of the quarterbacks there is maybe Brock Purdy. Maybe. So you definitely have to feel better about the AFC teams being consistently good year to year. That's kind of crazy. Hey, Mike, any, uh, or f- go ahead. You, I, you got crazy thoughts? The last thing I was going to say is got, like, I didn't, I wasn't in love with like the Dak Prescott contract, but Jerry Jones must have foresaw that he was going to somehow end up with arguably the second best quarterback in his conference. Yeah. So that was it. Jerry Jones, as, as Jerry Jones was offering that contract, he was like, listen, when Aaron Rodgers leaves the division or leaves the conference, you'll be the second best quarterback here. And Dak was like, what about Tom? He was like, hey, he's going to retire. He, he promised me. Yeah. <laughs> we were at a gala together. He promised. Uh, you got any? Uh, you got any final sports thoughts before we get the fuck out of here? No. no. All right, cool. You got any plugs? Any? You got to get your plugs out on the way out. Follow me on at Town Alone Mike. And when are we posting this? Because I know we're recording early. Today. Okay, so we're gonna post. I know if we were still gonna post it on Mondays or on Sunday. Nah, post oh. it today. Well, then check out townloan.com tomorrow for Faction Files. I know I said that last week, but I'm technically till. Last week I said it was coming in the upcoming week, and we're still in that week, so you can't call me liars. So um, Can't call me liars. <laughs> can't, can't call me no liars in there. So that's coming. Um, yeah, and I'll, just go to townloan.com. Share the good word of townloan.com. Just, just if you do go to it. Uh, be on the desktop. Be on the desktop. <laughs> desktop version clean smooth got everything tagged got everything on pages you want to find everything mike's written all you got to do is type mike into the search bar and it all comes up mm-hmm. you can uh you can follow me at talent loan adam on twitter our main threads account is at talent loan adam uh but that is just the talent alone count be sure you follow our feed for the talent alone pro wrestling pod we should have an episode up there before too long and uh yeah you know send us an email submit any wheel ideas if you have them and I'm sure we'll be here next week at some point. You suck, Aaron Rodgers.